Welcome to Live Well Anyway. I'm your host, Mackenzie Kappa. On this podcast, I help you learn how to feel healthy, look good, and plan a life you actually like in the midst of all the everyday chaos. I'm so glad you're here. And today, we are actually doing a listener-requested episode, which is kind of fun, and we will get more into that in a second. It's me and my good friend, Katie Duckett, and we're going to take a little look back on our early motherhood years. I think it's a good time. But before we get there, I want to mention a couple of fun things that are happening around the Live Well Anyway universe right now. So I'm back on YouTube. I'm producing videos over there again. And this last week, I just did one on how to be planning better for your cycle and using a perpetual cycle journal in order to do that. So what the heck is a perpetual cycle journal? Well, it's a really simple little way that you can make notes all throughout your cycle that you can look back on from month to month to be able to compare things. Obviously, I do a better job of talking about this over in the YouTube video where I show my journal and it's actually on sale right now. You guys are getting the insider info on the soft launch of my digital shop. So this is currently the only thing that is in there. There will be many more things coming up very soon, but right now I have the perpetual cycle journal in there, but I want to give you another little tip. If you want my digital planning resources and a whole bunch of other stuff, you should come over and join Patreon because for the same price, $5, you could join Patreon, get three live videos a week, a monthly book club, two mini casts, an awesome online community, and all of the digital products that I am coming out with will be free in there for two months as I'm releasing them before they get moved over to the digital shop. So this particular thing, this perpetual cycle journal is still available to my patrons just included with your membership. So you can come over to patreon.com slash live well together, join us over there, access the digital tools, or if you're not interested in the community, you can just head over to mckenziecoppa.com slash shop and find all the things that I will be releasing over there. But currently the perpetual cycle journal is available. So be sure to go over there and check it out if you're interested. I will also have the link to the most recent YouTube video in today's show notes so you can find it really easily and get more of the details. All right, but let's move into this episode all about early motherhood years and what that was like for us and what we would do different and what we think we did okay. I think it's a really raw and kind of fun and interesting episode that hopefully a lot of you can draw from. So here are me and Katie talking about those early motherhood years. Welcome back, Katie. Hi. Okay. So we have kind of a momentous week this week. Your second son and my first are having their 17th birthdays. How is this possible? How is this possible? How is this possible? 17? It really feels wild. Yeah. Like that number. They are a year away from being adults. Mm -hmm. And I mean, luckily... Because of where they're at in school, we still have a little bit more time, which I, because I think of myself at that age, my birthday is only six days after his and I was graduating. Like I was yeah, a senior. Yeah, and, I graduated at 17. So it is a weird association to have yeah. juniors, sophomores going sophomores. into Yeah. Yeah. That, that is, that's weird. That's weird, but it's good for them. It's, it's so good. Yeah. It's, and me. It's good for me yeah, too. Ben likes to call it his bonus year. <laughs> yes. Just, it's good. 
Yeah. No, I think it's great all the way around. But it is just like crazy that they are this old. I don't feel like I can be this old to have people this old. And it's just like really entering this different phase of motherhood. But we have hit on that a lot. And we actually had a reader, a reader, a listener who reached out to me. See, you guys, when you reach out, we actually listen. And she said that she knows that we're not in the stage of having littles anymore, but she thinks I have a lot of listeners who probably are still in that stage of having littler kids and babies. And if you and I would go back and talk about the little years, what advice we would give ourselves, like what we would change, what we feel like we did well. And so we're just going to take like a little trip down memory lane. Yeah. Well, we knew each other in those little we years. Did. So that's kind of fun. And I would say we did them differently. Like you, Very. Was, I mean, you nursed for ever. Uh, okay. <laughs> really long time. Yeah. And Some I more than others, but all yeah. of them pretty much at least two years. Yeah, guys, two years. Yeah. <laughs> two years. Yeah. The shortest was 23 months and I was pregnant and I was like, just don't come near me anymore. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, and- i I mean, okay, so if we're just, yeah, if we're going to give, like, the snapshot. So I, other than my, I had four natural births, but three at home. I nursed for at least two years, some longer. I did a lot of, well, I did cloth diapering from the point that Roman was six months old till kind of, like, the last year with Ellie. They were all pretty much potty trained by about two, but I kind of was giving up towards the end there with the cloth diapering. And did a lot of like elimination communication, very like attachment parenting style, shared a bed with the kids until they were two, like all of that, like as hippie as you can probably get. Yeah. That was my life. And I would say I was really polar opposite to almost yeah. every, every, I had a counterpoint to almost everything you said, mm-hmm. but it was cool. I mean, we really came together in those years and without any judgment or I think that was nice. That little preschool that we met at was it was just a nice space to kind of connect as moms of little kids and and that's a time at least in my life I found I was really needy for Mm -hmm. other women who knew what this felt like because especially coming out of the type of education that I had like everything was measurable I knew how to be successful I had gotten good at that and this motherhood thing totally threw me off Mm -hmm. um it was exhausting you really had no measurements, <laughs> no yeah. idea if you were doing anything right or if you should be doing something better or it, you know, it just, it was such a, a cloudy time for me that I really needed women, female friendships yep. in ways I don't think any other time in my life has ever produced that kind yeah. of like, just, wait, you get it too. This is hard. How are you? how are you overcoming this? Like if they're biting or if they're talking back or if, you know, all those yeah. little things where none of us really know what we're doing. We're all figuring it out and maybe figuring it out differently. But the commonality is sort of a hunger to like connect. Yeah. That is one of the things I actually like wrote down in my notes was how important mom friends were to me at that time in my life. I mean, they, they're they important throughout, but Those early years of having babies are so isolating and you are just like with this little person who cannot talk to you 
all day long and just requires so much of you. And when we were able to get together as moms and like let other kids, the other like older kids play when we had older kids and just like kind of let our hair down for a little while, it was such a saving grace to me. Like I do not think I would have made it through those years if I didn't have my mom friends. Same. I mean, it was life giving. I walked away from that feeling so filled up. Mm-hmm. Like, it's had a good time. I had a good time. Yeah. Now I can go home and make dinner and resume life as normal. But like, this was just such a happy reprieve. And we met every Friday for years. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then even like seven years ago, we kind of reprised it and did a homeschool thing on Fridays. Yeah. Where we would get together and go to parks and have the kids yeah. share what they'd been learning and did different things. But yeah. those, yeah, it was those friendships that were really solidified when they were younger. And a lot of those friendships have like changed and grown because we weren't, we actually both kind of had different best friends at the time. Yeah. And it was just like a slow evolution of our friendship over the years. Mm-hmm. But the the entire group of friends was was, yeah, it was just so important in those years to have people who got it and who were just a stir crazy. And like, it just was such a relief. Yeah. Well, you show up vulnerable, you know, you don't show up at your best. You show up pretty vulnerable, pretty unsure if Mm -hmm. like, are you doing this right or not? And just it, yeah, it just so much can be grown in that kind of environment where everybody's Mm -hmm. vulnerable together and, willing to open up and connect. And yeah, I just, I just think it's a, it's a powerful way to connect when your defenses are down, you're a little weakened, you're a little needy. And so is everybody else. Like what Mm -hmm. a great community to foster just true growth and deep, deep roots, deep friendship. Mm -hmm. Well, and I want to circle back for a second. That's I don't know if I like that term. It sounds like we're in like some sort of it's so CEO tricky. meeting or something. <laughs> yeah, I want to circle back. Yeah, come back around to what we were saying now a minute ago about how different our parenting styles were, our mothering styles, like the yeah. ways we were going about different things. Because I was in a lot of, I joined a lot of moms groups when I was real desperate. When <laughs> my babies were young, especially when Roman was young, and I figured out a lot of things and I, you know, figured out what was going to work for me, but I was also very early 20s, very ridiculously sure of myself and kind of had this feeling as I was learning things like why didn't somebody tell me this? I would have loved if somebody would have told me this. And so then I felt like, well, everybody else must feel that way too and they all want to know what I have figured out and so I'm going to let them know. But come to find out that was very off-putting and most people didn't want to know. And so I have now like gone very much the other direction where I struggle to like let people know. I'm like, nobody wants to hear from me because what do I know? But like, I'm trying and I think I figured some things out, but don't take my word for it. So, you know, it's, we've really come full circle, but, but I was in, you know, thank you, first of all, for putting up with me, but second, yeah, there were some other mom's groups I was in where they became very like judgmental spaces and people ended up being like kind of catty or mean to each other or like demeaning if you weren't doing the same thing. And I think 
particularly between you and I, through all of our years of parenting, even through doing things differently, I don't think we've ever looked down on each other or been like, oh, she just doesn't know what she's doing. Or like, you know, there's never been any of that between us. For me, it was Uh always very much like she's doing what works for her and her family and her body with pregnancy and her, you know, like everything, like it never offended me. I never felt like I need to teach her what to do. And I never felt like you judged me either for all the weird things that I did. Yeah, and so yeah. it's just like we never had that piece that I think is so prevalent between so many, especially first time moms. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. And yeah, it, it is kind of remarkable if you look at it, because the posture we were both in was so different yeah. at the time. But I think there was just this underlying like you don't there was a humility there. Like, yeah, deep down there, there was of I really don't know that I know. And what I want more than anything is connection. And like, I don't think you wanted to be right more than you wanted connection. I don't think you were approaching it that way. You just wanted to share because you wanted to connect. So yeah. And I really felt like, oh, I found like all these great things. And I wish other people would have told me, you know, and it, it turned out not everybody wanted to know, not everybody felt the same way. And that was fine. But I'm so glad that like all those little things, because when you are a new mom, the diapering and the way you feed your baby and the way you gave birth and all of those things feel like the most important things. Yeah. But you get this far along in the journey and they aren't. Yeah. They, they really do. aren't. They never did matter, but they do not matter. It doesn't yeah. make a difference. Truly. It's, it's about the relationship you have with that child. You know, if, if you're going to be a better mom, if you do it this way, then do it that way. Yeah. Okay, ladies, we're going to take a quick second to talk about shapewear. That's right, because we're coming into that season where we've got a lot more events to go to where we want to feel and look our best. You know, it's wedding season. There's a lot of other opportunities to be wearing those cute summer dresses and that kind of thing. But we want to feel confident in the way that we show up. And shapewear is a great thing to turn to, but so many of them are so uncomfortable. And you feel like you can't even breathe. And they roll down and they, you know, hug in all the wrong places. And that's that's why you want the best shapewear on the market and as far as i'm concerned and that's where you want the best shapewear on the market. And as far as I'm concerned, that comes from Honey Love. And specifically, Honey Love's Super Power Shorts. So these are my go-to when I am just wanting to feel like everything is tucked in in a nice way, but also I have the curves where I want them and I'm not like so restricted that I can't even breathe. They've thought of everything with these shorts to make them both effective and comfortable. So you don't have to worry about them rolling down because they have flexible boning included in them. And the way they're designed, they actually use a signature X that targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. And I love that they're just as easy to put on as they are to take off. You don't feel like you have to be peeled out of them at the end of the day. They've really done such a good job, and Honey Love is more than just sculptware. They also have incredibly comfortable bras, tanks, and leggings for everyday support. So treat yourself to the best shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash livewell with the code livewell. So just use that code livewell at honeylove.com slash livewell to get 20% off. That That is the crux of it. Like, I think if I could go back and give any 
advice to new moms because there's so many philosophies. There's attachment and there's the, you know, all the different methods and the books and the whatever. If I could go back and say anything, it's just like follow your intuition and what is going to work for you to make it better for you, do it. And for me, that was like, putting my baby in bed with me because I really didn't have anybody helping me. Like so many of my things were sort of about survival and I didn't have anyone helping me. And so for me, putting the baby in bed with me and being able to nurse while I was basically asleep at night was the only way I was going to be able to get any rest. And I really was rested and that helped me to survive throughout all four kids. And even like the cloth diapering, we didn't have a lot of money. And like, I don't know what I would have done. And so it was something that I felt passionately about because of like the chemicals and, you know, whatever. And but in the end, I had to come to the place where like that last year or so when I went ahead and bought diapers and I hadn't for nine years or whatever. And I think you and I even had a conversation about it because you were like, I see you (laughs) not using cloth diapers. And I had so much guilt and shame over like letting the cloth diapers go but at yeah. that point, for survival, it mm-hmm. meant more to to let that go and not have that be the most important thing and just come to grips with like, she's probably going to be fine. Yeah. You had a little bit of an identity crisis at that juncture. Of yeah. like, I want to do this, but I don't know if I can do this, especially because I've always done it this way. I believe in this, but I, but I need this. My, my family and my life needs this. Yeah. Like, that was a tough humbling place for you to be, but I'm really proud of you. You made the decision that made the most sense in the moment and let go of a lot of that other baggage that was truly not going to help move you forward. It was just going to weight you down with, this is what you have to do. And that yeah. that's not true. You can reassess, you can change, you can yes. grow with what your family needs. There's nothing that is all or nothing. You can, you can make adjustments and And again, to back to like trusting your intuition, I want to share this really tough story about Ben when he was three. And I think I can talk about it now. Like there's a lot, it took me a long time to get to the place where I could like forgive myself, but we were at a, at a very legalistic church and we were taking parenting classes and the parenting classes were very obedience focused and nothing against that if that's the the style that suits your family best but we were conforming it wasn't it wasn't a good fit but we felt like we needed to we had to mm-hmm. and ben was this curly-haired wild child always laughing always running just had a joy of life at that yeah. age but he also didn't listen really well like you'd say ben come here and he'd take off the other direction laughing like he just had this kind of playful personality. And that was so, they were really counseling us that like, we need obedience first. We need obedience first and that kind of thing. And so we, we went, we went after that to try to get obedience first. And it was kind of breaking my heart because I didn't understand why he wasn't listening. I didn't understand why he was behaving the way he was, but could this really be the right answer? And this went on for several months until we found out that he had tremendous hearing loss from all of these ear infections that he'd had that we didn't even know he'd have an ear infection until it would rupture. And so his eardrums would bleed and he had consecutive horrible issues with this at this age. And it had caused, he still has 
65% loss in his left and like 85 in his right. Like he's got tremendous hearing loss. And that was part of why he wasn't able to obey that first. He didn't hear it. He literally didn't hear us. Yeah. And so I felt such, it was just an awful time as a mom. I felt like I harmed my child. I didn't, I didn't trust my instincts and investigate maybe on a, on a deeper heart level, what's going on with the child. I listened to advice that was not wrong advice. It was well intended, but it missed the mark for us in that particular situation. And so that was, that was a very difficult thing to walk through, um, and it was, it felt like a little dark period for me because I just felt like, am I, how can I even be a good mom if this, if this happened? But I can say, looking back all these years later, that what that really did in my heart was trust my intuition and always look at the heart motive. Mm-hmm. And I think that has served me very well as a mom to care more about the heart than the behavior and really try to get at the root and watch my kids, be a student of my kids, understand them care about where they're coming from and why, you know, and get, get down lower to what's really happening. So as, as terrible as that was, it was just something that really shaped me as a mom. Yeah. Um, and I'm grateful for. Yeah. And I think so much of it comes down to like, you're saying what is going to get through to them and that particular child and all of our kids are so different and being able to know them and and know how to work with each of them, but also knowing ourselves and not trying to, like for me, being the big like set down my foot and lay these big guidelines and like be the like enforcer, I'm just not that person. I'm never going to be that person. No matter how hard I try to parent the way that somebody else is telling me I'm supposed to parent. And you ultimately will be far more effective and be a much better parent if you just lean into your own personality and the way that you were made to either be that kind of enforcer or be more like relational. And, you know, I just I think it's so important to know that there are all these books out there saying this is the way to do it, but that's just really all that person knew. Mm-hmm. And there is no, there is no like manual for how to do this because we're all so individual. Yeah. And I think that was, that was probably my biggest pitfall in the beginning. And I wish somebody had told me that I approached motherhood as if it was my thesis that I was writing. Yeah. I learned as much as I could. I read books. I read so many books. I took notes. I mm-hmm. watched seminars. I approached it like I wanted an A and I'm going to master this. And that is so misleading when you're talking about another human who is mm-hmm. never going to conform. And the second you think they've, you've got them figured out, they change. Or you have a second one who's absolutely nothing like the, the first. And ever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the most humbling process. But God gave that child to me, to mother. And there's a there's an intrinsic like relationship there that this is my child. This isn't yeah. just the, the child that can be studied in a book and books written. Like this is a personal relationship I have. I need to understand them. Mm-hmm. And I need to partner then with the Holy Spirit who can give me the guidebook I need. He can tell me what I need. He is the counselor and knows this child and loves this child more than me. I can trust that instinct. I can I have used the Holy Spirit in my parenting more than probably any anything else. It's it's my greatest 
asked at my greatest tool to pray that if they're doing something wrong, it, he would reveal it to me that all, all those moments, you know, where the hard mm-hmm. things, you know, you know, in your gut, something's going on and you need to dig a little deeper. And then sure enough, like, I just feel like the good, the bad, the insight, um, if, if I'm really frustrated with one of my kids or with a relationship issue we're having, or we're just butting heads, if I just humble myself enough to pray for insight, it comes. Mm-hmm. My heart softens. I see them in a new light. I understand their motivation a little differently and there's a way to connect with them. So I just, I can't undervalue that enough that the Holy Spirit will guide you. This is a child that was given to you. Yeah. No one else. And there's a, there's a purpose for you both in there for growth. Yeah. And I, I can't count the number of times you've been like, I was having this situation or I didn't know how to do this or I didn't know what to do in our homeschool or whatever that you've like come to me after you've had your quiet time and been like, I've got it. I know what it's supposed to be. And then it just plays out beautifully, like really amazing to watch happen. Yeah. I I mean, I think particularly in homeschooling because Mm -hmm. you're setting yourself up to literally have your kids holding on. So you see a lot more, you know, you have a lot more opportunity to work this out. But you're also taking on a different aspect of their, of who they are in their brain, how they learn. Yeah. What do they need to be successful in this area is different than what they need to be a good child or a, um, yeah. Yeah. It's a different kind of relationship. And in some ways, I think it's challenging because it's, it's a, it's a more personal part. Not, none of my children learn the same way. They mm-hmm. all have different strengths and weaknesses. And in a classroom, I'm not sure if they were in a classroom separate from me, I'm not sure I'd be as aware at the level that yeah. I am of what each child needs mm-hmm. to get there. You know, it's, sure. just, it's brought a different kind of intimacy, I think, to how they think and process. So the Holy Spirit has come through so many times, just like you're saying, where I just don't know how I don't know how to get them to understand this or usually math. It's always math. (laughs) It's always math. Um, But he'll bring something to my mind and then boom, there it is. And then you see the inner workings afterward, like, oh my gosh, and this was going on in their life and it tied in in this way. And I couldn't have done that as a mom, as Mm -hmm. a teacher. I don't, I don't have the omniscience to be able to pull it all together, but he does. So that's, that's just, I couldn't do it with, I don't know how people do it without the Holy spirit, but I wish I had known that early on that you have everything you need within you tap into it, ask those questions, be humble, but you don't have to outsource everything. You don't have to think other people are going to be the biggest or specific child. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I think that is so important because other people will have a lot to say and books have a lot to say and and really feeling confident in that knowledge within yourself, I think is so important. Okay, ladies, I don't know about you, but in my life right now, we are fully in that season where there are so many activities going on. I feel like Each of my kids has two or three things going on right now between school projects that they're having like the evening presenting night for parents and then, you know, sports and my kid having a new job and, you know, like there's so much 
to juggle. And it makes our evenings a lot more complicated as far as trying to get meals put together and even trying to get to the grocery store. And that is why I am so thankful for HelloFresh because it takes the hassle out of mealtime by delivering pre-portioned ingredients, which is so helpful, especially when my kids are like being finicky and not eating a lot. And they're easy to prepare recipes that come right to my door. So they show up, everything is all put together. I love those little bags that have like everything for the meal right in them because then when I go to prepare the meal, I just take out the whole kit. I feel like a kid who gets like, you know, like some special little box with all the things in it. You know that feeling when you were little? That's how I feel with HelloFresh. It's like this adult gift that has everything all put together perfectly and I just follow the little picture instructions. I don't even have to utilize my brain and I can get dinner on the table really easily. And it's actually even a great way to save money because HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and it's 25% cheaper than takeout. And I would much rather just be able to put together one of these easy, quick meals that my kids actually really enjoy and not have the extra cost or guilt of ordering takeout. We do the meat and veggie version, which is great. My boys are like trying to bulk for sports and all that kind of thing. Everybody feels full at the end of the meal. It has just been such a time saver, a money saver, and a sanity saver to be going with HelloFresh this spring. So go to HelloFresh.com slash LiveWell50 and use the code LiveWell50 for 50% off, plus your first box ships free. So again, that's 50% off. If you go to HelloFresh.com slash LiveWell50 and use the code LiveWell50 to grab HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Kind of coming back to to the knowing yourself part, I think there's a lot of like shame and guilt wrapped up in motherhood, especially in those early years. And I looked around me and there were a lot of our friends who like I always felt like you guys were all the sweet ones and I was the spicy one and you guys were so good with the little babies and not that I wasn't good with my babies or that I didn't love my babies but I was always ready for like the next stage I have much more enjoyed my older kids than the baby years and granted Mm. I know looking back at that there was a lot wrapped up in my kids baby years that make those hard to look back on regardless But I know about myself, babies are cute, babies are great, but I am not like a baby person. And so I think kind of like the moms who feel like that, like letting yourself off the hook of feeling like just because you're a mom means you have to be a baby person. Because I remember like my babies getting to 15 months old, every single one of them and me being like, I am going to lose my mind. Like, They had been physically attached to me for so long. You literally, (laughs) they were never not on me. And I just like, I would reach like a breaking point every time at 15 months that I had to like push through to try to get through like that next year. And so I think that if you are struggling or you feel like less than because you don't love like the baby years as much as other people that you know or something, like you got to let that go because- you're probably going to be that person who really enjoys when they get a little bit older. And I remember we have specifically one friend who is like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared for high school because I love teaching preschool and I'm so good at that. But the high school years are like petrifying to me. 
Whereas when we were in a homeschool co-op, I would teach the high school classes. <laughs> I was like, do not put me in the nursery. Do not put me with the preschoolers. I will lose my ever-loving mind, but I will go and teach the high schoolers and I will be cool with that. And yeah. so it's okay to know who you are. It doesn't mean that you love your babies less. It doesn't mean that you aren't going to do a job, good job with the little years, but that might not be your sweet spot. And that's okay. Yeah, totally true. Freedom. Give yourself yeah. that freedom and not not sink into that guilt. And if you're feeling that, verbalize it. Because the second you say it out loud, somebody can hear that and be like, oh, that's crazy. No, I don't actually enjoy this either. Like, we'll yeah. get like there's so there's so much to be grown in this this time period. If you just allow yourself that vulnerability to say these things out loud, or that's really all it takes because the other moms in the same stage of life are feeling it too. But mm -hmm. it kind of takes one bold person to just initiate that. Yeah. And, and then, you know, people will come around. It's a humbling time for yeah. all women, I think, because whatever you've done before and wherever you're going at, like this, this interlude where you don't sleep, um, everything revolves around a tiny little person that can't mm -hmm. give anything back. Like it's tough. It's tough. You're tired. You're not washing your hair. You're hardly brushing your teeth. You don't yeah. know who you are. You don't even know what day it is. Like it's hard. Yeah. Yep. I, and I think one of the other things that I was going to say, because it is so hard and all those things you just said, like you hardly even know who you are. I think that another lifesaver for me, in addition to like having good girlfriends was, and people who were in the same stage as me, not necessarily the same age as me, because I really didn't have that many girlfriends who were my age who were also having babies. But hanging on to hobbies, like for me, I always had something creative that I was doing in the background even if it was just like while I was nursing or, you know, whatever, I was, I learned to knit while, well, I guess I learned to knit in college, but I picked it back up when my babies were little and I like learned to knit these little pants because I cloth diapered. And I actually ended up loving doing that. And it was like a hobby, some way that I could do something. But yeah, I was making something for my kids, but I was getting like fulfillment out of actually finishing a project, you know, because yeah. so many things don't ever feel finished when yes. you have little kids. It's like things are constantly getting dirty. They're constantly, there's always more laundry. There's always more dishes. There's always more needs. But yeah. when you can do something creative that feels kind of fulfilling and there's like an end to it and you have yeah. a finished product, I think that is so good for you to feel like, ah, I still am capable of doing something and like yes. something I enjoy. Like you've got yes. to have something that you enjoy doing in the midst of all of that crazy, like find a way there is a way. Yeah. And you know, for me, that was the laundry that was folding. <laughs> that was, I mean, so I would also say there is a time it's so hard for me to give it up. We've talked about this on yeah. other podcasts, but like, that served me for a season. It literally kept me sane, but I now have to give it up and pass it along so that they can become fully fledged adults who know how to do their laundry. So like looking at it in that way, I realized what it was. It was that thing that I could, I could lose myself in that made me feel like I'd accomplished something. And, 
and I walked away from a room feeling like, oh, this is neat and tidy and good. And I'm going to go back to kind of the chaos of the rest of my life. But I, I did something good for my family, for myself. It was great. But I think I've just taken it too far. I'm just coming clean. <laughs> so yeah. many you, you can go too far with. And I think that's, that's one of them for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's time to pass that one along. It's time. It's time. Yeah. It's not serving. It's not serving my family. Yes, that it would just. It's still serving me, but it's not serving. Yes, not Um, serving their ability to be adults. Yes, they almost are. (laughs) So one of them is. One of them is. Yeah, two of them almost are. Yeah, and the other one, she's very capable and could be doing it. So yeah. Another thing I was going to say is that I always tried to focus on nourishment. I wanted my home to be like my body, literally nourished my children, you know, when you carry them and you nurse them and, but I wanted to continue that role in their life of making sure the home was nourishing and the relationship mm-hmm. was nourishing. And that's always been a word that I kind of go back to. That's a part of my job description. Yeah. I want, I want to be seeking out nourishment for them and whatever way that looks like. And that certainly evolves and changes. And I also found a lot of fulfillment in creating rhythms. I don't call mm-hmm. it structure because I really hate that word. I rebel against structure the second I hear it. But if I call it a rhythm, I'm like, oh yeah, no, I can get behind that. Yeah. So um, little kids especially thrive on a consistent rhythm. Like if, and and I would get something out of that routine, like, okay, I only have 45 more minutes till nap time because nap time's always at the same time. So then we do lunch and then we do naps. And like, it got me through some really hard times to just have some, some life-giving rhythms built into the day of that yeah. nap time was my life line. It was quiet. I was alone. I I loved it. That was, yeah. that, meant, that meant a lot to me. And, um, and I would like See, to- See, I was often strapped- to a person. <laughs> your rhythm was literally probably swinging your hips to get a baby to sleep. It was a different rhythm. Yeah. But, but it was still like a time I could rely on every day. I actually did the 90 day Bible reading challenge when Judah was nine months old because I would nurse him and I would read it in the dark on my phone. Mm. And so I like, you you find ways to to get through it. It was still, even though it didn't look the same, it was still a time I relied on, like having that that rhythm. Yes. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. And and making sure you're resetting. Like I always would think like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna play and all, but we have to reset or the house takes over and then you feel discouraged because it's it's because they're a lot. These little people mm-hmm. are a lot, but they can also be helpers. They can also yeah contribute and just to make the resetting a part of the play you know okay now we're gonna now we're gonna put it all away and we're gonna reset for the next thing and I bet my boys if I said that word reset it, <laughs> I bet there'd be like, like little <laughs> trigger <laughs> something I don't in them. yeah because that was such a that was such a buzzword for me yeah <laughs> and I kind of lost it with the younger two I never I don't yeah think I, I don't even think I had that same expectation of them nope um, no, it's interesting how that all evolves. And I've been feeling really challenged lately. Like I need to shift my focus down mm-hmm. to them and remember that like, this is the only childhood they get. Like I, I've put so much emphasis on finishing well. I also yeah. want to enjoy that middle time and make sure I'm, 
I'm creating those rhythms for them and nourishing them in the way they need, which is different than the older kids. And I mean, it's just a dance you do your whole, your whole life as a mom, but, um, but those, those concepts in my head have always been true, even though they've evolved. We're going to take a quick break to talk about allergies because it is that time of year when I start getting a really itchy nose and really scratchy eyes and it is so frustrating and that is why I'm so excited to be heading into this allergy season with my air doctor because you guys, airborne allergies are the most common allergy triggers such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. But Air Doctor filters out dangerous contaminants and allergens so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor uses an ultra HEPA filter that's been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested bacteria and viruses, which is amazing. But also those allergens, you guys. Allergens can vary in size, but the average pollen size is about 25 microns. Air Doctor virtually removes 100% of particles as small as 0.003 microns in size. So I'm expecting to feel so much better this allergy season. The classic Air Doctor 3000, which is the one that I have, I have it in my bedroom, is powerful enough to circulate the air in a 630 plus square foot room four times per hour. It has whisper jet fans that are 30% quieter than fans found in ordinary air purifiers. I can't believe how quiet mine is. And I've just been so impressed by the overall performance of my air doctor. I mean, as Americans, we spend more than 90% of our time indoors. And according to the EPA, indoor air can be two to five times more polluted than outdoor air. And in some cases, it could be 100 times. And in some cases, it could be 100 times more polluted. So it's worth it for us to be investing in our health by So it's worth it for us to be investing in our health by having a really high quality air filter in our homes and that is exactly what Air Doctor is. Air Doctor comes with a no questions asked 30 day money back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. So head to airdoctorpro.com and use the promo code LIVEWELL and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 40% off. You're saving up to 40% off. Lock in this special offer by going to AIR. D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O dot com and use my promo code LIVEWELL. We've kind of mentioned that a couple of times, like how you're able to change your mind, you're able to evolve as things change and kids get older and you have different needs and different seasons. And coming back like all the way to them being born, I know for me, a big thing was like we didn't find out what Roman's gender was before he was born. And for him, like that pregnancy, it was no big deal. Like I was excited to find out when I had him. I was glad we waited. It was great. It was unbelievable when he came out and I found out he was a boy and it was like, are you sure this is my baby? Like I was like having an out of body experience. But when I had Judah, I did not find out what he was. And I had had a pregnancy loss in between Judah and or Roman and Judah. And I think that also contributed to a little bit of disconnect. But I remember when Judah was or like 15 minutes before I had him, one of my doulas asked me, what's it going to be, a boy or a girl? And I was like, it's a girl. And I had not said that throughout the whole pregnancy. I had so desperately wanted him to be a girl. 
but I had never said like, I think it's a girl. But right then, right before he was born, I declared it's a girl. <laughs> and guess what? It, <laughs> it was, was not. not a girl. <laughs> and I remember like it was I mean, I think there was a lot that kind of contributed with like having a harder time like bonding with him immediately after he was born. I think mm. some of that was like carry over from the pregnancy loss because it was like I hadn't been as connected with him in the belly. But I knew that if I were going to get pregnant again, I would have to find out what it was so that one, I could either like brace for another boy or be excited for a girl, but also so that I felt like the baby had a little bit more identity and I could connect with them before they were born. Because mm. for me, that made such a difference in that bonding process. I needed to be able to start connecting with them, give them a name. And I feel like that is kind of like people are generally like, we don't find out at all. And that's what our family does. Or of course we find out. You're crazy if you don't. And you can, again, you can change your mind. You yeah. can realize this worked for the first one. And then whoops, not so much for the second I need yeah. to make a different decision. You know, like it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to yep. figure out what is working for you and what is not. And nobody gets to judge you for that. People will, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that. I think that's so true and so freeing because you don't know that when you're yeah. a mom and you're sleep deprived. You don't know that. Yeah. Some things are only going to come through trial and error. Yeah. And I think something that I've tried to do with my kids, even from the time they were very little, is make sure I'm quick to apologize mm -hmm. and like show them like, oh yeah, no, I get it wrong. Like I'm going to get a lot wrong here. And that they're aware of that mm -hmm. and that they see me doing that so that they can hopefully do the same with each other and other people. And also I think something I did with them from the time they were very little was like really talking with them. Like, and I think part of that was probably from my loneliness and like just being sort of isolated with them. But it wasn't just like all the baby talk and whatever. Like I would be like to my four month old because I was just so desperate. Like, so this is this book I've been reading. And I would just <laughs> talk to him. I remember him being in the car seat in the back of the car and me just having like whole conversations. <laughs> with him but then he ended up having like the funniest little vocabulary as he got older and that's like the only thing I can attribute it to was, absolutely I, I wonder just, why <laughs> yeah I just talked to him and he would use words when he was three like perhaps blah 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 and people would be like what <laughs> like oh well we talk a lot so it served him oh well. I love it yeah. <laughs> that's awesome yeah. So, I mean, those baby years, there's just, there's so many things you could go back and you could get into all the specifics of what my favorite baby carrier brand was and, you know, whatever. But in the end, you just kind of get through it. You just kind of survive. And, and you miss it for the rest of your Well, some of us do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I think don't. Of, I think of those tiny, itty little babies and how they would snuggle and put their little face like right in the crook of my neck yeah. and I look at these giant <laughs> boys and like oh my gosh how are they the same person how is this the same how did we go yeah. from there to there so fast yeah I I have that I think I probably have different feelings because of 
what all of my kids' like childhoods are kind of like dimmed by. And it's actually like really hard, which is sad to me. I'm not going to cry. It's fine. This isn't a therapy session. But it's sad to me that I have a hard time looking at their baby photos because it if I see like the house behind them or where we were or like anything, it's it's very hard for me to look at those and have joy. And really, if I think about it, like the the baby or like the little kid photos that are the easiest for me to look at are the ones of Ellie when she was about three because we were out by then. But yeah. the other ones, it's it's very hard for me. I have to very, very specifically hone in on that specific child and like the experience. Like Roman and I really feel like we've come through something together. And he was the only kid that it was just me and him for three years, you know. And so I think of like all the little experiences that we had, just the two of us. And I can I can kind of cling to those. But it's hard for me to say that I miss that or those times. And yeah. and again, and some of that really does, I think, also come down to like, I so enjoy them older. Like they were so cute and, you know, everything when they were little. But I so enjoy being a parent of older kids. And this is the part where I feel like I've really like just dug in and enjoyed like I think of when Roman was 12 and we watched Downton Abbey every night and that like that's what I look back on and be like I'm I miss that and so I I don't know how much of it is from like the abusive life we were living in and how much of it is I just am better with older kids (laughs) but I I really you know what or a mix of both yeah yeah so it is they do get God redeemed that time. Yeah. Sorry. We're having microphones. I know. <laughs> I hear you talking Sorry. and then I start. Go ahead and say what you were going to okay, say. Okay, say what you're going to say. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, I bet that God redeems that time in your life, in your heart when you have grandchildren. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Or at that point, maybe I will be living in Paris. <laughs> I mean, either <laughs> way, figure it out on their own. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm like Roman. You got to hold off. You got to wait <laughs> because I've got to go live the life that I never lived. Yeah. And, you know, if you want me around for your babies, then you're just going to have to give me a little bit of time here. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but yeah. So, but I will say like they do get bigger faster than you ever think that they will. Yeah. Like we kind of said at the beginning of this episode, the fact that they're as old as they are is wild that our youngest babies are now eight and we have like so solidly left the little years behind Mm -hmm. it's it's crazy i know i know and thinking about going on a long flight tomorrow with all of my (laughs) children i think thank you lord yeah not in that stage because man those were tough travel or really go anywhere I mean to load everybody up and buckle the car seats like oh my gosh the fact that I can trust them to manage themselves and figure it out is and how much less paraphernalia you have to take with you everywhere like I think I'm actually at the place where I've started to forget those little things like you have to really have your memory jogged like oh yeah 
I had like a whole nother bag and my car was full of stuff. And like we had a stroller and a baby care and like, you know, like there's so much stuff. So and much then when stuff they're for this tiny person. Yeah. yeah. And then when they're older and they're just kind of like starting to be self-sufficient and like even with my kids, like starting to sort of pack their own bags or I mean, Roman, he does all of his own stuff, has for a long time. But like with the girls, they're starting to like pack themselves when they go to their dads. And, you know, it's like a totally different place. <laughs> So but when nice. they're little, you can't even wrap your brain around. Yes. That you will one day be free of wiping bottoms. Like, yes. I never really thought that day was going to come. Yeah. And then it came and it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. Because it can, it really can last, like, for a while. Especially when you have as many children as we do. They're kind of spread out. But I, because I remember getting to the point where I was finishing nursing Ellie And I thought, okay, over the last like 12 year period, I had only not been nursing or pregnant for a combined total of eight months. (laughs) And that is ridiculous. (laughs) In that, that really felt like this is ever going to end. Yeah, that's (laughs) well, that's over a decade. Yes. Yeah. And then she continued to reach her hand down my shirt for a good many years after that. (laughs) So it's really been only in this last couple of years where I feel like it's all mine again. Yeah. (laughs) Nobody else's. (laughs) Amen to that. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody else's. Yeah, it's nice. But yeah, it can really feel like you're going to be in it forever, but you're not. You're not. We're proof. This too shall pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know if this was helpful. I don't know if this is what those young moms were looking for. Probably I probably not. would have heard this and been like, I need more than this. <laughs> I need recommendations. <laughs> I need books. I need products. I need like, give it to me. But uh, honestly, we couldn't even speak to those things because Gosh, we're that's so out of that. We're, it's yeah. so changed. Like oh. I cracked up when Dakotot po- or they sponsored the podcast and they sent me swaddling ba- blankets and a nursing pillow. I was like, oh boy. Uh, yeah, okay. no, no, take this back. They're lovely. But, you know, it's like the brands are not even the same as when we had kids. So yeah. we're so far removed. So far. And I and I I'm happy with that. I'm OK yep, with that. I am, yep. too. Yep, I am. If I, well, it doesn't even exist anymore, but I was going to say if I never step foot in a baby's RS again, I'm totally fine with that. Uh, but it's not <laughs> even a thing. That's yep. how far Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All these young moms are like, what is that? <laughs> it's as bad as it sounds. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, well, thanks for taking a, a little jog down memory lane with You're me. Welcome. You are welcome. And I'm so glad that I've had you since they were little and that our kids have had each other. Absolutely. This 17th birthday is pretty special because they've been really good friends for like 14, 14 years. years. I mean, that's. Yeah, they were three because I was pregnant with Judah. So it was like right around their birthday, like right when they were turning three. Wow. That we met. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Yeah. All right. Well, I will talk to you later. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye.
All right, that's it for this week's episode. As always, you can find the show notes for today's episode by swiping up in whatever app you listen to the podcast on or by going to mckenziecoppa.com and clicking on podcast. And don't forget that in those show notes today, you're going to find the link to my YouTube video where I talk about that perpetual cycle journal. You can also find the perpetual cycle journal at mckenziecoppa.com slash shop. And in the show notes, you will find links to our sponsors and other affiliates that are just really helpful when you shop through them. Like Amazon, you can buy whatever you want from Amazon, or you can shop off of some of our selections, which you can find at mckenziecoppa.com slash Amazon. And it pushes a little money our way while not costing you a penny extra. So get the things you need, but also support the show at the very same time. All right. Thank you so much for listening, ladies. We will be back next week for my birthday episode. It is going to be very fun talking about some of our recent favorites. But until then, go be bold and gracious.